Hey, everybody. I'm so, so excited to be here. My name is Pearl Sharenza, and I am the owner of Women's Successful Living, and I am a mental fitness life coach. I am also a wife of almost 38 years to my husband, Chuck. We've been together going on 40 years next year, and I asked him to marry me. Funny story in that. I'm also a mom to my amazing son, Matthew, who is forever 25, and my son, Nate, who is 23 years old. Both of them have brought some amazing women into their lives. One, my son left us a blessing in his passing last year of his beautiful girlfriend, Brittany. And she has a beautiful daughter, Evie. And Evie has become our own granddaughter in the in the world of through their relationship. And Nate is dating and hopefully soon to be engaged. We still see later this year, maybe, who knows. Um, to his beautiful girlfriend, Amy. And I'm so proud of them because they just recently bought their first house at the young age of 23 years old. And of course, like I said, my cheerleading team rounds out with my husband, Chuck, who, like I said, we've been together almost 40 years. He truly is the blessing that came to my life at a very young age. And he is my biggest cheerleader of all. Now, had you met me a few years ago, I might've told you that I was a wife and a mom, before I would have told you that I was a mental fitness life coach. Because you see, I am a recovering people pleaser. I always stood behind the shadow of everybody else, from my family to my friends and even to my business. And it wasn't until I took an identity destiny course that I realized after six weeks, I still didn't know who the heck I was. I still wasn't showing up for myself in my life. So I decided to go on a journey at the end of six weeks. My friend called me out at the end of our I am statement and said, I don't see you showing up in there, Pearl. Why are you not showing up? Where are you? And so I decided that in June of 2015, I was going to prepare my oldest son, Matthew, to go off to college and prepare my launching back into finding out who Pearl was. In doing so, though, first, I also had to repair my relationship with my son, Nate, who at that time was a junior in high school. Because you see, I took advantage of his independence. I took advantage of his being able to do things on his own, including great grades. He is a mind of an old soul. He can have great conversations with you, but he also can build amazing things with his hands. And that's why today he's an engineer. So as I did that journey and started to re repair that relationship with Nate, I decided to figure out who is Pearl. You see, I started realizing that I was showing up for so many people and I wasn't showing up for myself. So with that, I had to figure out how I was going to start showing up for myself. And it wasn't easy because if you asked me to do anything, it could be as simple as even helping you do your laundry. I probably would have said yes to you. I was saying yes to volunteering for the PTA, PTSA. I was saying yes for nonprofit organizations that maybe I, I didn't know much about them, but they asked. So I didn't want to say no, because have you ever been there? You feel like you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or you feel guilty because you're going to say no, or you think they're not going to like you. You see, that was me. I thought I wasn't going to be liked. I thought people were going to think that I was selfish. And so I would show up for these events not a hundred percent myself. And I probably might've been late or I might've been like, oh gosh, I got to go do this again or do that again or be there. And so I decided to do something to really stop that people pleasing, to really get into finding out who pro was. Cause you see my mind can be my best friend, but it can be my worst enemy. 
And those things I was saying to myself was really playing tricks on my mind. I was allowing my file cabinet to be open to the front instead of the back. And what do I mean by that? The front is all the things that we tell ourselves we're not worthy. We All the negative thoughts, I, they're not going to like me. But in the back, we have that file cabinet that we buried from when we were kids that tells us we deserve anything and anything we want, that it's all sitting out there waiting for us, that when you came into this world, no matter who you believe in, whether it's God, a higher being, or whatever that is, that you have a talent, and that talent is your job to start making it come to fruition for yourself. And here's what I was finding. When I wasn't doing that, I wasn't showing up for myself. And I wasn't showing up 100% for you. So if I don't show up for me, I can't pay forward my talents to you. So I decided, how was I going to do this? So I decided to take a pebble and I would put it in my pocket. If I didn't have a pocket, I'd stick it in my bra strap. I made a commitment to myself to move that pebble three times a day by saying no to something. So therefore, when I said yes, it meant that I really thought about it and I really showed up 100%. And here's the thing. At first, it was hard. It probably took me a good three months to get through the process. But once I started stepping into not feeling guilty about saying no, to not feeling like they're not going to like me, to standing up and saying no, as excitedly as I was saying yes, I had an aha moment. I realized that other people that I was connecting to you with. If you asked me to help volunteer at an event that maybe it wasn't something I wanted to do, I might've said, hey, Julie, I would love to help you volunteer that United Way event. And right now it's just not something that I can make the time for, but I know somebody who's great at doing exactly what you need. Let me introduce you to Anne Marie. So then at that time, when I introduced Julie to Anne Marie, guess what? I was connecting Anne Marie to something she had a passion for. So that aha moment after about four or five times that happening was like, I've denied other people the opportunity to shine because I was saying yes out of guilt, out of shame, out of selfishness. And so I'm saying to you, what are you doing today that's holding you back that you need to start stepping in and saying yes to yourself? What is your I am statement today? Are you showing up as a mom and and friend and your job first? Or are you showing up as that inner pearl that you have inside of you that's waiting to shine and waiting to come out? Who are you to the core is really what you want to start shining. And when you take some steps to do that, life can change. And here's the thing. It's not easy, you guys. Your mind is constantly sabotaging your potential for both performance and happiness. All those negative emotions that come into play, including they could cause stress, they 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 can overwhelm you with the and sabotage all those thoughts you have of positive things for your life. So here's what I want you to do. Grab a piece of paper. I want you to take a few steps. Because I want you to remember, first of all, life becomes more stressful with each passing year. The impact of stress can pose serious challenges on your health and your happiness. And much of that stress is the result of habits that we have negative impact on our life. We are allowing them to impact our lives in such a negative way. And once you can start stepping into who you are, 
and you can start realizing your mindset actions really count. I want you to imagine a life with less stress, increased happiness, and improved performance in across various aspects of your life, whether it's at work, whether it's volunteering, whether it's in your family. Because by breaking out of your current habits and patterns, you can start exploring the possibilities that are waiting for you. You just have to step into it and start doing the work. So what I want you to do, first of all, is to start fresh. If you feel like your life has become predictable, unfulfilling, and boring, it's time to make that fresh start. Making a change is not turning your life upside down. I'm not saying flip the switch that fast. It's an opportunity to stand back and revise your current way of life. I want you to start practicing saying yes to yourself. I want you to get out of the comfort zone of your everyday life by doing something different. Really, when was the last time you challenged yourself and tried something new? Tried saying no to somebody so that you could say yes to yourself. Tried saying no to somebody so you could work on your business instead of being at a networking event that maybe isn't in the right place for you. I want you to be open to new experiences, say yes to yourself, and start choosing things that feel good to you. But it's not easy, okay? Because you've got to figure out some hard work. So first, I want you to think about the things that make you happy and make a list of those things that truly make you happy and truly bring you joy. I challenge you to make 10, but start with three. And then you make so many lists of things you want to do. I want you to create a not-to-do list. Take the things off of your list that you do every day that keep you from the joy that you have. And then the next thing is I want you to start decluttering. I want you to look around right now what's holding you back because clutter includes scrolling on social media, limiting beliefs, bad lifestyles, and that junk in your kitchen drawer. And I want you to start stepping into saying no to others without fear because the most empowering thing to get out of the rut is to walk away from fear. Fear stops you from from taking risks, big or small. It makes you afraid to try anything new. And when you can start doing all of these things, you can start stepping into the being the sure that you are. You'll start becoming stronger and communicating your realistic expectations to your family, your friends, and saying no to others. And as you do that, you become happier and you'll live a happier lifestyle. And as you become happier, you become empowered, empowered to do the things that you've been waiting to do, the things you've put on your shelf and not taken off the shelf to work on for yourself. As you become powered, you're going to walk into a room and you're going to feel more radiant. People are going to look at you and say, Julie, what's happening? Did you cut your hair? Have you, have you got new makeup on? You're going to have this new glow up about yourself. And as you do all of those, you then become that original self, that original person that's been hiding, standing behind and letting everybody else shine. Because now it's time for you to shine. It's time for you to step into who you are and start saying no to others and yes to yourself. And if you're not sure how you're showing up and you're not sure where that self-care is at for yourself and you're not, and you want to make a change, if you're interested in knowing what your superpower is and your self-care, I want you to go take our, our survey at pearlssurvey.com. That's what two S's, pearlssurvey.com. And I want you to see where your superpower is showing up in your self-care because I want to tell you this. 
you come into this world. You are a rough oyster on the outside, but on the inside, you are this beautiful pearl that's waiting to shine. And you deserve to start saying yes to this pearl and no to others. So please go put your Shiro cape on, wrap yourself first, and then everything you have left over, pour into each other and become your inner pearl to greatness. I hope you have a great rest of the day and enjoy the rest of the summit. Everybody, this is Julie DeLuca Collins, and I'm coming to you to speak about something that's very important to my heart. And I am hoping that by having this discussion and taking it and adding it to what we have been talking about, which is our emotional intelligence, overcoming our saboteurs, and really designing your life and having that incredible positive intelligence that helps us be more confident and also be the shearer of our own lives, that we can create the steps to success that we are all looking for. So today, I want to talk to you about achieving life's goals. Without goals, your life will unfold by default. Your default will be to continue to experience the same old patterns and to allow the outside world your family, friends, and society to influence your life. By not setting goals and allowing yourself to go for your desires and your dreams, you give away your power. This is your life, and it is meant to be lived the way you want. So today, this program that we are transmitting live on the radio is designed to give you all of the tools that you need to set goals for yourself that inspire you and make your life fulfilling, to plan for success and to follow through because sometimes follow through is that one crazy little thing that we seem to forget about. Most of all, this program will help you know how to live life to the fullest and enjoy the journey. Achieving life's goals isn't about the achievement of the goal getting there. It's about the experience of reaching for the dream and becoming a better person along the way. I have designed this conversation so that it's going to cover four specific sections based on the four steps required for goal success. Number one, I want you to decide what you want. When you ask most people what their goals are and what they want out of life, they often cannot answer. And when they do, the goals that they say are often what others have influenced them to want. Today, in this conversation, I will help you determine what you really want out of life and how to make your goals achievable and inspirational. Now, number two, I want you to believe you can achieve it. Most people hold themselves back from goals they really want because they really believe they cannot have their true desires. Often, people don't reach their goals or even try out of fear of change or failure. In this really big conversation that we're having, I will help you find evidence from your own life that you can believe in yourself and give you the confidence to know that you have everything you need to be successful. Anything you want, my friend, is really possible for you. Number three, I want you to plan for success. Even the most strongly desired goal cannot be achieved without a solid 
actionable plan. Often people get discouraged when goals are not reached or every attempt leads to failure. This is most often because when the goal wasn't well thought through and an effective plan wasn't made, then everything falls apart. You get derailed. Yet simple strategies for planning a route toward your goal while keeping you motivated and on track is really one of the things that is going to be in that plan for success. Now, four, number four, and this is the money one. Okay, are you ready for it? Stay motivated. Even the best plan isn't effective if the person following isn't motivated. And unfortunately, most people leave motivation to chance. Waiting until the moment that you need to feel motivated and finding it is not there. This really is important for you to listen to me. Sometimes we start off with the best of intentions, but motivation is not there. But we can create motivation by creating a record of effectiveness. What I'm going to help you is prepare your mind, the state of mind in advance so that your true desire and big reason for reaching for your goals are strong enough to pull you through the times when you're in doubt, when you're discouraged, or when procrastination threatens to zap your motivation. So let's go back to step number one, and let's start to cover that. Okay, so remember, step number one is decide what you want. Identify your goals, my friend. Knowing what your goals are can be more challenging than what you think. Perhaps this is why so many people don't set goals. You have heard that most people don't keep their New Year's resolutions, but that you know that most people don't even make a resolution. They just kind of think that life is going to happen and be a default. Now, even during peak goal season, which is, you know, New Year's, when people are trying to set up those great goals, less than half of Americans make that resolution. So imagine how few people make goals the rest of the year. Not many, right? So in the universe, in the University of Scranton, um, a study was created and the research for the figures are most important findings and discover that people who explicitly make resolutions, right? People maybe who create goals are 10 times more likely to attain their goals than people who don't explicitly make resolutions. So what does this mean for you? It means that by taking this conversation and what we're talking about during this summit, you are going to be the very small minority that both makes goals and is dedicated to achieving them. So congratulations and tuning in. Now, the first step to achieving your goal is knowing what it is. So what is your goal? What do you want out of life? What are your true desires? We empathize with the word true because very often people's goals are not their own, meaning they think that they want what they want because what they have been influenced by others. You know, for instance, for many years, I had a goal of, um, you know, depending on where I was in my career, going after that next contract or maybe belonging to that club 
But really, it was based on somebody else's expectations of me, not necessarily because of what I was looking for my own life. You really have to be clear on who you are. And this is why identifying your saboteurs is going to be incredibly important. And this is why we've been covering some of that. Now, I want you to get other people out of your head. Yeah. We have all these sabotaging um, behaviors and most important, the saboteurs and the judge that are really in our brain. But when we have all of these things running wild in our brain, then it is one of the impediments that we get from really being able to achieve our goals. So ask yourself, who do you allow to direct your life? Do you want to be your parents or friends? Think. Think about it. Think. Do we allow our saboteurs to tell us, oh, this is what we should be working for? No, this is what we need to be doing for others. And this is how we derail ourselves and we keep from really identifying our goals. Do you desire things because you saw them on TV? Do you limit yourself to what others will approve of? When you are a people pleaser, this is something that happens often. We end up desiring things because we think that this is what will make others happy. When was the last time you asked yourself, what do you really want? If you're going to have any chance of accomplishing the goals you set for yourself, they absolutely must be yours and they have to be aligned with your intentions, with your values and your priorities. If you don't even really know what you want, how do you expect to follow through when the times get tough or the motivation is not there? Now, writing down your goals is another big step. And when I'm working with clients, and by the way, anything that I do when I'm working with clients is something that I do for myself. I make it a point to write my goals and write them down. Writing your goals on paper is absolutely key. You don't believe me? Trust me. This is something that really will make a difference. Not only do you have them in a concrete object that you can return to in order to remind yourself of your goals and and remain focused, you'll also be sending a message to your unconscious mind that you mean business. It may be that you are entering into the process with a clearly defined goal in mind, or perhaps you're only certain is that you really want to have these goals, but you need more help identifying them. In either case, the activity is fundamental and the activity is write it down. There is magic that happens when we actually take pen to paper and then our brain sort of encodes what we're doing. So identify your goals and solidify how they fit into the bigger picture of your life. So here's what I want you to do. And I want you to, number one, begin the process of brainstorming. And let's think about this. Perhaps you don't know what goals can be or should be for you. And by the way, shoulds that come from your inner desires are okay. 
The shoulds that come from the expectations of others, those are the ones I want you to question. So begin to brainstorm. Write down everything that you can think of, big, small. What would you like to change in your life? What would you like to achieve? And think about, for the sake of this illustration, in a year from now, where will you be? Is that a good time frame? Or perhaps you want to go ahead and think of five years from now, 10 years. Who will you want to become in that span of time? Where would you like to be? What will your life be like on a daily basis? Identify everything that you can't do and write it down. Goals can be personal, they could be work-related, or they can be both. But I want you to really dream big. And in this activity, when you go and sit down and put your pen to paper, I want you to come up with a a list of at least 50 different things. 50 different things that, and by the way, Go for the gold. Dream big. Don't stifle yourself. This is brainstorming. This is awesome because it allows to just dump everything that's been in your brain. Maybe you can think of maybe I'll travel to Africa and go on a safari, or maybe I will climb Kilimanjaro. By the way, that's one of my goals, right? I want you to think of anything that is possible for you. And number two, As you look at the list, I want you to start to group the list and make the items into different groups that are similar or that can be combined into one larger goal. So for instance, maybe I want to be able to run a 5K, but I also want to um, go in a big hiking adventure in the Pacific Northwest. So all of these can be grouped together as health and fitness goals. So start to simplify and start to group all of these likes together. Now, step three, I want you to stop to prioritize. Look at your simplified goals and circle the ones that you feel are your highest priority. Rate each circle goal on a scale from one to three. I begin with the highest priority and the three being the least. Now, number four, I want you to identify one to two major goals. Looking at your priorities, identify one to two goals that number one will make the biggest impact in your life, that will create a breakthrough, that will make you feel so proud of yourself if you accomplish them. And two, will take about a year to implement. This cannot be something that you have to accomplish in three days or a month. Give yourself a year. And now I want you to write your top two goals. Okay. And I know that now you're thinking, now you're like, ooh, what is everything that I'm going to write when it comes to my goals and what am I going to come up with? But here is the secret sauce behind achieving your goals and setting your goals. And I hope you're ready for it. Now, I happen to love Simon Sinek. I have been so inspired by him. And this is a little bit of what he talks about is having a big enough reason. 
Start with why. And if you haven't seen his TED Talk, you really should check it out. But and later in this program today in the radio, I'm going to talk a little bit more about learning about motivation and helping to, you know, how to determine your key motivational factors and tools. But right away, it is important to get you to start thinking about what deeper motives are behind what you are doing today. In order to succeed in life and achieve your goals, you need to know why. You want what you want, why your desires, everything. And not only that, you have to have one big enough reason. If you're not motivated or haven't followed through in the past, it may be because your dream to dream bigger. Because you you need to really dream the dream that above all dreams. You want your goals, not just something you like to do. It's not a preference. It's not even a dream. It's a must. You know, for me, one of the things that I wanted in life is to become a yoga teacher. And when I went through my yoga teacher certification, it became something that I was intent on doing. But it's not just something that I like to do. It's not something that I prefer to do. I wanted to feel great in my body. I wanted to feel strong. And it was a must for me. I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. So always ask the greater question. We're asking you in this summit to really question a lot of your beliefs. We're asking you to dig deep and make sure that you have a true understanding of the real reasons you want to reach your goals. I want to give you an example of a time we help someone get to the core of their true motivations. We're not looking for the obvious or surface level reasons. We're pushing to go deep. One of my students, or in this case, coaches, um, told me, you know, I can't wait to go home and start using these techniques that you're teaching me about productivity and to implement them into my business. And so I asked, well, why do you want to be more productive? And they said it would help me to get more clients and to have a more successful business. So I said, well, why do you want to have a more successful business? And they said, well, because I want to be able to earn more income. And I questioned again, so why do you want more income? And they said, because I need to have the money to pay off my home. And then I asked, well, tell me more. Tell me why. And they said, because my mom is getting older and my dad is frail and I hate that they don't um, live near me and I want to pay off my house so that I can, you know, be able to have the income to build an extension to my home and have them live close by, and still have the independence they desire. It has been my dream to be able to take care of my parents and my family. So I said, good, 
Now you have identified what you really want. It's not necessarily that you wanted to be more productive. It's really that you desired to be able to have the flexibility and income to build the home that allows you to take care of your family. Um, So again, it's not the efficiency. It is the deeper desire and see how productivity doesn't align with necessarily the values of a person. But being a good daughter, a person that is compassionate toward their parents, that is an alignment. So it is easier to reach that goal once we are clear on what we want. So I want you to have a big enough reason. I'm asking you to dig deep and make sure that you have a true understanding for the real reasons you really want to reach your goal. So for each goal that you have, I want you to do this activity. What is the outcome you believe you will receive by achieving this goal? How is it going to feel when you reach your goal? How will it impact your life? What will happen if you don't achieve your goal? Considering all of this, why do you want to achieve your goal? What does it mean to you to achieve this goal? Why does it matter? Tell me again, why? Ask yourself why and continue to ask yourself why to get to the core reason of your desires for your goal. Okay, my friend, we're making incredible progress. So after looking at the greater purpose behind your goals, take some time to see and feel yourself living your dream. For instance, for my coaching client, I asked her to close her eyes. And think about what did it feel when she paid off her home? What did it feel to have her mother and father move in with them and be worry-free? Write down a description of what it would look like for you in your life. What does it feel like when you achieve your goals? Write it as if you're composing a letter to yourself a year from now or whatever time frame you have set for your goal. And reflect back on the amazing aspects of your year. This will set an intention that will help your mind seek that picture and will help you fulfill it. When writing your vision, remember the four P's to effective visions. Present tense, as if it's happening now, not in the past, not in the future, nor I will or I happen to. No, I am working every day to be productive so that I feel fulfilled, so that my business is successful. Now, you also want to have it from a personal perspective. Make I statements, me statements. I did this. I'm doing this. I am in charge of things. Use positive language as well. There's so much power in words. Avoid words like not, don't, can't, won't. All of these language, little words that we use tend to send a message to our brain that it's negative. So keep it positive. 
And now my favorite P out of these four Ps is passionate. Put emotion behind it. Remember, pain and pleasure are some of the things we try to avoid pain. We try to gain pleasure. And the passion that we feel over something is what helps us achieve it. Consider creating a vision board with images clipped from magazines or printed online and words and phrases that capture where you want to see yourself in a year. The key to a vision board is not looking at it. It should make you feel. It should make you feel and see the outcomes. Make them a reality today. So create that vision. Create the vision. And when you look at your vision board, when you see this letter that maybe you've written to yourself about what you did in this year, right? You will start to see that you're creating that vision that will come to be a reality. It's so important to not really skip this step, my friends, because you're cheating yourself. Now, let's go to step number two. And we talked about what step number two was, and that's the believe you can achieve it using the power of your unconscious mind. My friends, our mind is incredibly powerful. The content of your thoughts and beliefs exist mostly in our unconscious mind, beneath the awareness of our conscious mind. Think about your conscious mind as the captain of your ship and your unconscious mind as the crew. Is this making sense? Well, I hope it is. As you begin, you know, to really picture the captain of your ship and the crew, even if the captain is not actively actively directing the crew, the crew is always busy working. And what are they doing without the captain's attention and focus? They're on autopilot. They're reacting to the world around them, listening to the outside world, tell them what to do and operating with all habituated thoughts and believes in all these directions. And this is what we've talked about with these saboteurs. Our saboteurs, right, are the things that are, um, you know, your conscious mind is you going about your day. And that uh, subconscious is your saboteur. They're the crew. They're that crew that is saying, oh my gosh, you can't do this. You know, she's not good enough or she's going to be judged for doing that. Oh my gosh, I'm making a voice and I know that I shouldn't, but really that's what happens. And my saboteurs really have this nasty little pesky voices that come out. So now let's talk about some psychological terms that you might have heard. Okay, you ready for it? I've heard of this and you know what? For many years, I didn't like it, but it's true. Many times it's important to take the helm of your ship and not be on that autopilot and have our subconscious kind of run the show. Because when we are, um, when we as captain direct our crew, then we have more control. And this is achieved through awareness. Now, a psychological term you may have heard is the self-fulfilling prophecy, which tells us that we will end up creating exactly 
would we believe about ourselves because of our expectations. So if we listen to our saboteurs, if we listen to those voices that tell us that we're not enough, we're going to create that self-fulfilling prophecy. For example, if you continuously worry about an upcoming um, event at your job and imagine that you're going to do poorly, you will do poorly because of the anxiety you produce and it is interfering with your cognitive functioning. At a scientific level, the command center of your brain called the reticular activator system ensures you fulfill your prophecy by directing your focus to where you expect. So how um, can I say this again? Our reticular activator, which is keeping us safe, that is the main job of the reticular activator. And what happens is when we are worried about it and maybe we're worrying on the inside, not really knowing, or we're pretending that we're not worried. We're pretending that it's not happening and we keep sort of ignoring it. But yet there's that subconscious mind thinking the worst case scenario. We are going to make it come to pass because we are experiencing high levels of anxiety. For instance, if I wanted to go to, if I'm going to the doctor thinking there is something wrong and I don't deal with what I'm thinking and I don't watch my thoughts, I may end up causing me to be sick because of all the anxiety that I am causing through everything that I am doing. So what I want you to think is that we are constantly surrounded by millions of stimuli at every moment. That lizard brain or the reticular activator limits your range of focus to small number of stimuli of about 2,000 bits of information to keep you from growing, going crazy. By redirecting your reticular activator to seek a solution by choosing to focus on something you are directing your brain to focus on more of what you can control. What we think about, expect, and focus on is what our brain will focus in. So have you heard that phrase, what you focus on grows? So if you're stressed, if you're angry, if you're anxious, and you're trying to allow your saboteurs run wild, you know what you're worried and stressed and angry over will continue to grow. So start to really pay attention. Have you ever had something that you wanted to say right there and there at the tip of your tongue? But you couldn't remember what it was. And later on, it comes to mind. That happens because you have given a command and your mind continue to look for the answer. Even when we stop thinking about that word that was right there at the tip of our mouth. So subconsciously, we figured it out. But what happens is we really need to give power to our brain, to our positive side of the brain. You know, the other thing too is that if we said, I want to purchase a red car, and then all of a sudden you went out into the street, you are starting to see red cars everywhere. Why? Because your brain is all of a sudden 
um, making the connection. For many times, there's probably no lesser amount of red cars or more red cars than before you decided you wanted a red car. But now that you started to say, I want that red car, your brain is finding the matches for you. So if your thoughts, your thinking instructs your subconscious mind to be on the lookout for what you want, what you choose. So be very careful with what you believe and be very careful with what you are thinking. So in fact, if you want to stay focused on your goals, on the thing that you want for your life, on the thing that make you feel good, well, if you're going to achieve them, you're going to need to focus on them. So your brain is being directed. Your captain is saying, hey, I want my goals. Uh, Crew, go and work for it. So stay focused, but don't focus on your failures. The things that you don't want, focus on what you're going for. Tell your reticular activator, the lizard brain, to focus on what matters, on what is moving you forward. You know, learning is change. All of us are learning to change the behavior that doesn't serve us. And this is one of the reasons that we wanted to really talk about this in this summit. All of us take time to learn new skills, new traits, whatever it is for our work, for our hobbies, for something we enjoy. For example, we were not born knowing how to walk. We didn't know how to tie our shoes. You, we didn't know how to speak, use fancy words to communicate at times. We didn't know how to ride a bike, but you are pretty good at those things today for the most part, right? Of course. So how are you and how are these things seemingly so simple today? Yet at one point, I can guarantee you they didn't seem that simple. And there's so many other things that we think are so hard, but the more that we practice them, I can guarantee you that change will happen and we will see them as simple things once we've invested time into getting better at them. You know, the process of change remains simple. First, we have to recognize that there is something that we want to change. And second, we have to recognize that we need to do something differently in order for that change to happen. We need to practice more, just like we did when we were learning to tie our shoes, for instance. Today, we don't have to worry or think about, oh, let me tie my shoe. How do I do that? Oh, I'm going to fold this little thing and wrap the little thing. We don't do that. We just tie them. It's automatic. The same thing. The more that we practice and we do the thing, the more it becomes an automicity. Your unconscious mind is doing the work. This is really how our mind works. When it learns and practices something new enough times, It develops that implicit memory and new behaviors or responses happen automatically. Automatically, we won't get into the techno-psychological side of it. And and honestly, we could be here forever if we did. But it is important to understand how our mind is really working, especially when we're looking to make changes in our life. Here's another example. Have you ever driven home 
And then all of a sudden you get home and you're not sure how you got home. Well, that is something that happens, right? What you experience here was that autopilot. This happens when our unconscious mind knows the way, releasing your conscious mind from having to pay close attention. It may seem very scary, but ultimately this is what our brain does. This is happening all the time. Our brain likes to be efficient. And with that efficiency comes just automating the things that we already know how to do. You know, I don't drive in Connecticut um, unless I use my GPS. Why? Because I'm afraid of getting lost. Um, But I do know how to make it home nine times out of 10. But again, I don't know 100% of the time because I still use the GPS and I am not going the same routes. So I haven't practiced. I haven't given myself enough time. I haven't given my mind enough time to train it, to make it an automation. But all change eventually gets accommodated by our brain. Even the scary changes will one day feel normal. What starts out feeling hard slowly becomes a habit, second nature. New ways of thinking and acting will eventually feel natural if we continue to practice. And by the way, there's no such thing as perfection. Don't let your saboteurs tell you that you are going to be perfect at something because you're not, but you can be consistent. Now, all change eventually gets accommodated, like I said. And what does this mean when we accommodate these changes? The change is only uncomfortable for a little while, my friends. Change, you've heard, is hard. It's not hard. It's different. It's uncomfortable. It's not what we're used to. Now, just you need to learn how to make it through the challenging period on the onset of change. You need to break the cycle change or the change cycle, rather. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the breakthrough uh, change cycle, because this is something that sometimes I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. Nothing in life stands still. Now, I'm going to get a little geeky on you, and but it really is fair to be able to do that at this point. Science has shown us the entire human body, every cell completely regenerates itself from the span of about seven years. Brain scientists and psychologists have agreed that each moment our brains are taking in new information and our minds are constantly assimilating this information into a neural network of thoughts, beliefs, and associations. I mean, our brains are working even when we're sleeping. You cannot have a new experience without it literally changing your mind. And life cannot exist without continuous growth and expansion. You are actually changing as you listen to me speak these words. And even as I'm speaking them to you, I am also changing. We are moving, growing, expanding, and changing. It's no secret that the world around us is constantly changing as well. We live in a time of unprecedented change. Technology expands, our reach, our capabilities, and our global connectivity transform our borders and cultures. If you think about what's going on with AI, every time we turn on the TV or go on the internet, we see something new coming up. Every app is always constantly being changed. 
There is no question we are changing. I am changing. You are changing. The wonderful thing is that we have the power and ability to direct changes in our life. In fact, that's what we do here, isn't it? When we're sitting here learning on this wonderful summit. Reaching for goals by its very nature means making changes, even when we're not actively working toward what we desire, what we feel, think, say, and believe about our life is constantly putting change into motion. We and you and me are creating our life as we go along. So you might as well be creative and intentional. You know, intentionality is one of my favorite words. What determines your success or failure and whether you direct your life's change or feel like a victim of it is a choice. You are at a choice point, my friend. You can choose to continue on with your life as you currently have been. You can continue to go on as you currently have been living your life, letting the external world and your past dictate what you experience. Or you can choose to create your life to be everything you've ever dreamed of. Even if you're gung-ho about transforming your life, there are important obstacles that we need to address in order to be successful. Most people find deliberate change to be difficult in the process. Many people who are well-intended have changes that they want to make in their lives and goals that they want to reach, but they get stuck and they continue to repeat the same change cycle over and over again. You know, here are some common things that happen in the change cycle. And I want you to find the ones that sound familiar to you. Perhaps these are some of the things that you have um, experienced. You know, all of us have experiences and have gone through the process of being inspired, but also resistant when we see that there's time to change. So I want you to think about discontent. This is definitely part of the change cycle for some people. If you're feeling discontent, you're increasingly unhappy and discontent in an area of your life. You hang in there, you tolerate it, you ignore what's, you know, represses you or is less than ideal. And you continue to deal with circumstances because it's comfortable and familiar but you fear change. Now, number two, you could be at a breaking point. Eventually, your level of discontent builds high enough that you cannot take it anymore, right? You reach the breaking point either through exhaustion or due to a dramatic event occurring that triggers the break. Then after you find that you broke that thing and you hit your breaking point, you go into the decision point. You decide that you're ready to change and declare that you will no longer tolerate this undesirable situation in your life. You take the first step toward change, giving you a short-lived sense of hope. And guess what happens next? Next, there's fear. Usually short 
And after feeling of empowerment, you encounter fear. You become uncomfortable and anxious about the idea of change. You doubt your decision. Both options look not so good. They look bleak. You feel helpless, empty. And then you go into the the amnesia factor. The fear of change grows so strong enough that it makes the original situation look much better than you originally thought. You perceive the original situation as less anxiety-producing than change. You're used to it. It's comfortable. It's familiar. Plus, it has become part of your identity. So you insist on letting go. You temporarily forget why you wanted to change so badly. And then the last part of the change cycle is your backtracking. Most people choose to go back or stick with the item they wish to change. You essentially talk yourself out of changing. Inevitably, you soon will find yourself unhappy, discontent once again. Your pain level will continue to increase until you reach another breaking point. And by the way, I want to walk you through this example of this change cycle um, with something that I've been dealing with in my life, and that is losing weight. You know, when we are carrying extra body weight, we're discontent. You're unhappy. You don't like how your clothes fit. Um, You kind of hang in there. But again, it's like, oh, not fun to feel so sluggish. And those pants keep getting tighter and tighter. And then all of a sudden, you don't fit into anything, including your underwear. Eventually, that level of breaking point, that's it. You're going to go into the diet. You're going to do the work. You can't take it anymore. You've taken that breaking point. So then you decide you're ready to make a change. You tell the world, I'm going to go keto, or I'm going to do intermittent fasting, or I'm going to Weight Watchers, or I'm going to join the gym. Whatever it is, you make the decision. You start to make changes with all the hope in the world. But as the changes begin to be the thing that you start to implement, you begin to see and you begin to feel afraid. So the feelings of empowerment that you had when you made the decision start to kind of dissipate and leave you. So now you go to that after fear, the amnesia, where you go to a party and you decide, I'm not on a diet, (laughs) right? That happens. And then you backtrack. You go back to what was comfortable. So I want you to know that when you're going through the change cycle, you find yourself discontent and unhappy. Your level of pain will continue to increase until you reach another breaking point. And this time, even more extreme and more painful. This cycle will continue until one thing happens. One of two things will happen, right? Number one, you will have extreme pain. You have a breaking point that is so severe enough to push you through the change cycle. For many people, unfortunately, it takes an extreme circumstance to push them to evolve, such as a major financial or a loss of a job or a loss of a loved one, the ending of a relationship, a severe accident, a nervous breakdown. You see, our higher self knows what we truly want and will lead you to it. If you resist changing long enough, something will happen in your life that will put you in a position where you have no choice but to change. 
You do not need to wait until there's a flood to move your home away from the shoreline. Now, the other thing that you can can have happen is that you can have self-honesty. You have the humbling experience of realizing that there's a part of you that doesn't really want to change. You are comfortable with your habits, with what you know. You have a lot of fear that holds you back. You have many self-limiting beliefs. You receive some sort of benefit from staying where you are. You're unhappy because you want to be unhappy. You're addicted to the situation. You believe your pain is you. It's your story. You can see your resistance by letting it go. Only after reaching this level of self-honesty can you truly, truly choose to change. Can you see how this change cycle has impacted your life? You know, I see it in my own life. Now, are you ready to stop? Have you experienced change amnesia before? If so, you know what is more to move forward and the changes that you are stronger than your fear and resistance will become. Are you ready to swallow the pill of self-honesty? Even if it's hard because you're tired of being dissatisfied, honestly, think about the things in your life that you want to change. And if you're ready to take it to the next point, I want you to consider the reasons why sometimes we allow the change cycle. We sometimes don't want to change uh, because you don't really think the thing that you want is possible. You may be trying to maybe change because you're trying to appease others or conform to what others want, right? We're revisiting those saboteurs. This is very common with people who say they want to quit smoking, for instance, and yet they don't really want to quit. They simply think they should quit, but it never works. You have to want it. Now, you don't know you want to change. You don't know what you really want or you're not allowing yourself to think about what you really desire. So in the end, you end up thinking that what you really want isn't truly what you want. And your higher self knows it. You'll never feel inspired enough to follow through on change if it's something that you don't think you want. Try imagining what you would want if time, money, and other things didn't limit you. The other thing to consider and other reasons why you are not allowing this change cycle is because perhaps your dream isn't big enough. I know that I've had some dreams, but they're not audacious dreams. They're not big enough dreams. Are you excited about your dreams? Happiness is excitement. Passion is what makes us willing to endure the pain of achieving a goal. What would you want if anything was possible to attain? Are you attracted, uh, not attracted, but I guess attached? I mean, in the times we could be attracted, in, are we attracted to the problem? Do we like being the victim? Do we like being the person that people, oh, poor you, it's so terrible that this is happening. 
Sometimes our ego and our identity are wrapped up with the victim mode, with the problem and our fear that if we let it go, you'll have nothing to talk about. Who would you be if you didn't have those problems? Who would you be if these things weren't something that you struggled with? You know, at times people benefit from having a problem. The benefit you're not receiving from not changing is bigger than the perceived benefit you have from changing it. It gives you an excuse, something to talk about. It allows you to hide deeper issues from yourself and others. I want to challenge you to think about what are you holding on to? How does it benefit you to not change? Failure no longer has an option. Neither does doing nothing and staying stuck where you are. If you're facing a potential change that's nagging at you to be made, to take time for self-reflection and be brutally honest with yourself, is your desire for more, for fulfillment, for happiness, finally strong enough to make you and be willing to encounter obstacles and endure the fear? If so, my friend, congratulations, you will succeed. You will break through. And I want you to have hope as you listen to this. I want you to have hope and know that you can break through. I want you to think about this whole breakthrough cycle. And I want you to think about, have you experienced the change cycle before? Where are you in the cycle? Are you in discontent? Are you at a breaking point? Are you in decision mode or have you reverted to fear or amnesia of what you want to change? Are you backtracking? Now that you know how the cycle works, what choice are you going to make that will make you move forward? Do you want to have extreme pain or self-honesty? I want you to think about how has the change cycle impacted your life? Has it impacted your life? Are you ready for the change cycle to stop? Have you experienced change amnesia before? We all have. We're normal. We're human. Raise your hand. Accept it. It's part of the process. Because by the way, when we accept the things that have done in the past, then that gives us the ability to say, oh, I know how to change it in the future. Now, are you ready to swallow the pill of self-honesty? Because self-honesty is a pill, even if it's hard because we're tired of being dissatisfied. Are you ready to take responsibility for your life and create the life of your dream, the one that you want to have? Consider the following reasons you may have been allowing yourself to fall victim to the cycle. Do you really want to change? You don't know what you really want. Perhaps your dream is not big enough, my friends. Or you're letting your fear be bigger than you. You are attached to the problem. Or you're benefiting from the problem. Ultimately, I want you to have faith in yourself. 
When most people think about faith, they tend to associate it, you know, with church, with being religious. However, we neglect to think about faith as a belief in ourselves and that it's crucial for us to achieve our goals. There are several definitions of faith that you will get if you do a simple search online, right? If we go to Google and we say, um, what is faith? This is one of the definitions that you may get. Faith is the confident belief, loyalty, and trust of the truth and trustworthiness of a person, concept, or thing with strong conviction. If you've had a history that includes failure and disappointment, it's probably understandable that you may have doubts. However, your past does not define your future. I think that for so many people, we get stuck in the past and thinking, well, I was never able to, I was never a good at doing this. I quit before, but I didn't stay true. You know, one important factor we always have to keep in mind about faith is that you don't have to be 100% certain. You only have to have your faith overshadow the doubts. You know, when I was in school, I failed one of my classes. And then I decided to go back because I was uncomfortable. I had unconditional faith that I could do it, that I could succeed. Not because I had proven myself that I was successful in that class, but I had done it because I had faith in myself and my capabilities were unbreakable. Many people that have gone from rags to riches, and we've heard the stories, will tell you that they had no idea how they reached ultimate success. But they knew that if they just worked on their goal every single day, the right doors would open. In other words, you don't need to know what's at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes we want to, but you don't have to see what's at the end of the tunnel. You just need to see the light that's right in front of you and it will guide you. However, you need to start building the tunnel because some people don't even start to build the tunnel. So I want you to go in and remember that all good things come and change is good. You do have the power to succeed and you will reach your goal. So remember, good always comes. The change guarantee is that change will come. You have to be really confident in the knowledge that no matter what happens, you will be okay. You know, for many years, I used to struggle with that concept. I worried about the future and I robbed myself of so many things and so much peace. But eventually, even when something bad has happened, you have to know that you've survived it. You're here now, you're listening to me. And most likely, when something bad has happened, it leads you to something good or helped you grow into the person that you are. You know, when I was laid off from my corporate job, I was devastated. But I look back now, and a lot of good has come from that. 
It's not perfect, but I've survived. And I not only survived, but I continue to thrive. You have to believe that in the jump that we take from the airplane of life, our parachute is always going to open. I want you to take this opportunity to remind yourself of the times your parachute has opened when you're taking a leap and you have no reason that it will not continue to open for you. You know, there is a quote uh, from one of my favorite movies and it's from the best exciting Marigold Hotel. Everything will be all right in the end. So if everything is not all right, It's not the end. Don't you love that? Keep faith in your pocket. Now, I want you to think about listing circumstances in your life, which you could not see the solution to a problem, but somehow it worked itself out. I want you to also think about the circumstances in your life in which change happened to you and you didn't see how it was going to end, but your parachute open just in time. I want you to make a list of changes that you would consider bad and some good that came from it. This is really rewiring. This is really creating a shift in our paradigm. Now, I want you to change. Like most people, change is hard. And I want you to know that it's possible. You might believe that you just aren't good at dealing with change. So I want you to change the tape. I want you to change the story or change the music that has been playing. Tell yourself a story that you are good with change. Tell yourself the story that you've managed change just fine. You know, when we begin to make these change in paradigms, then we begin to live our life more fully. I want you to look at the different areas of your life and I want you to rewrite your story. In education, perhaps you failed one big test and couldn't move ahead, but I want you to see what positive outcome came of that. Perhaps in your family life, right? You um, didn't, get to meet your grandparents because they passed away, but perhaps something good came of that. Maybe something good came of the difficult situations in your family life. Rework it. What good has come of the negative things that all of us encounter? And they're negative things. They're not negative. You know, they're just things that have happened. And it's how we're choosing to look at them that defines them. Define them differently. You know, think of maybe the things in your career, in your work life, in your business. What has been something that maybe we need to rewrite for ourselves? Perhaps we got fired from a job or perhaps we never got that job. But maybe the outcome was that we got a better job or by staying in the company that we are working in, we met our spouse. Rewrite the story. Again, maybe there's things in your adult life that you have done, right? Maybe you have chosen to face your fear of heights 
and there's been a positive outcome by facing your fear of heights. And now you challenge yourself and you do kind of awesome, crazy adventures. I want to empower yourself with positive self-language, affirmations. There is no secret that we tell ourselves great things. So as you rewrite the story of your life, when you rewrite these things, you're going to see that amazing things can happen for you. You know, my friends, there are so many different limiting beliefs that keep us down. For every limiting belief that you have, come up with a positive affirmation. When you do that, you will find that your life is going to be easier at reaching your goals. Now I want to talk to you about the plan for success for reaching your goals. You've heard the phrase that not all goals are created equal. Or maybe not. Maybe you've heard the phrase smart goals. You know, really, when we're writing our goals, like I told you before, um, there is that science that creates goals more attainable. Knowing how to create goals, though, and and by the way, we talked about writing them already. We talked about shifting our brain. But the most important thing to do is to create goals that are specific, that are measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. That is what SMART goals are. So what is specific? That's a critical part of your goals. Make it as specific as possible. Don't write something like, I'm going to lose weight in the next year. Say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in the next year. That is specific. You know, when you do the vague thing, then it's difficult for your brain to kind of create the picture of what that looks like. Maybe you're saying, I will be wealthy. Maybe you want to say, I will pay off my bills this year. How much more specific can that be, right? Next, you want to go ahead that and create things that you can measure. Just like we talked about with things that are being specific, you also be able to need to have a form of measuring things. So for instance, if someone wants to be more committed and involved in school, that is not measurable. How will you ever know when you reach that goal? What is the criteria for that? Come on. The person could instead, instead of you thinking, I'm going to do better at school or I'm going to do better at my job, you may want to create um, a goal that says, you know, by this day, I will increase the revenue in my business. Or by this date, I will be able to network with a hundred people. So therefore, more people will know about me and my business and I can continue to grow and thrive. Now, make your goals achievable. You know, make sure that you give yourself the reality because To build confidence in your goals, you need to be reasonable and achievable. You know, if you want to uh, set a goal to be a skateboard champion at the Olympics, and yet you've never written a skateboard, then that's not going to happen right away, my friend. I mean, you can set a goal to learn to ride a skateboard. That's achievable. You could figure that out. But earning an Olympic medal, not so much. 
at least not yet. So make it achievable, make it something that counts. And realistic is so important. You know, there's a lot of people that set themselves up by not achieving their goals. And when they don't achieve them because they don't make them achievable, measurable, realistic, then they give up and they allow their saboteurs to come back and haunt them. And then the last thing that I want you to think about is that give yourself a time frame to achieve your goals. One of the most important aspects of goals is to have a time frame. Having a set amount of time to achieve the goals gives you your mind the structure that is going to take for it to figure out a plan. You also create urgency when you have a time frame. Having a specific time frame gives you the motivation needed to start and to finish. So again, remember there are only two types of goals, the ones that we talk about, but never do the ones. Um, but then the other ones is the ones that we actually are committed to and the ones that we will achieve. And the difference between them is the ones that we achieve are smart goals. Now, look at your goals that you did when we first started to talk about this. And I want you to ask yourself, are my goals smart goals? Again, look at all of the different things and put it through the test. If you're looking to create an impact in this world and you're looking to achieve goals and you're looking to shift, and change your paradigm, and you're looking to become a more mentally fit person, a person with high emotional intelligence, a person that stops feeling sab- their saboteurs, it's time for you to really start to create not only your goals, but last but not least, I want you to create a plan. You know, one of the things I teach my clients is the 30, 60, 365 goal setting plan, which is the big picture, long, long-term goals that you wish to accomplish in a year, right? We talked about that. What do you want to accomplish in a year? Now, you need to create an action plan that it's 60 days and 30 days out. The reason we only include a 30 to 60 day plan is that predictability in plans help us. By reassuring our plans every 60 days, we will give ourselves that accountability and recommitment to our solid plan to, you know, be flexible too, because things will happen along the way as we're working our plans. But it's great to be able to revisit them and then create milestones for your goals. You know, when you break down your long-term goals into smaller milestones, it's what we call chunking. I do this all the time and I do it in so many different ways. For instance, when I have tasks to do at home, I end up chunking my time. I will put on a 20-minute so, uh, a playlist and I will chunk my tasks into 20 minutes. And if I do multiple 20 minute chunks, I end up accomplishing a lot. The same thing with our goals. If you have that big picture, then create the sub goals or milestones that are bite-sized achievements that are more approachable and keep you motivated. 
The process is like in reverse engineering the outcome that you want. So look at the big picture and break it down. If I want to lose 100 pounds in a year, then what does that equate to, right? In a monthly basis. Think about it. If I want to lose 100 pounds in a year, I can set a goal that every month I'm going to lose eight pounds or so, right? And if I'm going to lose eight pounds every month, then that means that at the end of the month, I go back and I check in to make sure that I am on track. And if I am, I keep going. And if I'm not, I recalculate and then I revise not my goal of losing 100 pounds, but perhaps I revise the goal to say I would lose it in maybe 18 months. And that's five pounds per month as opposed to eight. That 30 day plan is so important. And now, when you have your 30 day goal, It's important to create your weekly planning. And your weekly planning is what you're going to determine where you want to put the action list. You need to create a list of evidence that you're doing the work. Identify the task and the priorities on your 30-day plan and then build them into your weekly schedule. Prioritize the things that move you forward. And then from planning your week, do your daily plan. You know, so many of us run our lives by a schedule, but make your schedule fun. Set reasonable expectations. Batch your tasks. Choose three to five tasks that every day you're going to do that move you closer to your goals. There's so many different ways that we can fill our days. And yet, If we fill our days with all of these different things, ask yourself, is this moving me toward my goal? So prioritize your task. Explain to yourself what are going to be the outcomes and did you complete them? You know, productivity is also not so much about the things that you do but it's more about the things you choose not to do. If you feel like you don't have enough time, identify what are the time wasters for you? For me, one of the time wasters at time is email. At times I jump into email and I'm going to look really quickly. Who has emailed me? What are things that people are telling me? And the next thing you know, I spent an hour um, clicking on links that people send me or replying to people that have nothing, um, that was not a priority for me to reply to. I want you to create a monthly check-in for yourself when it comes to your goals as well. A monthly check-in where you go back and you reconnect with what your yearly goal is, what your 60-day plan, what your 30-day plan. and now. I want you to find accountability. People who reach goals are more likely to do so when they have accountability, when they have the person that they check into. 
You know, John Lennon said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is a reality. And I think that there's so many different people in our lives that can help us achieve what we desire for ourselves. Coaches like Pearl, like Carol, even myself can help you create the accountability that will help you really reach the type of life that you've envisioned for yourself. You know, you don't have to uh, make it hard. You can list deadlines for yourself. You can check into your goals on a 30, 60, um, daily, weekly. But sometimes we need that person that believes in us, that reminds us what is possible because it's easy for us to get down on ourselves. So take massive action toward your goals. Ask yourself, what can I do today? Assess your results, measure your progress. And again, connect with the people that support you. Connect in a community that can lift you up. If you're not sure how to overcome your sabotaging behaviors, those saboteurs that wreck habit in your brain, come join us. Come join us for the six-week program of saboteurs uh, in which we go through the positive intelligence and help you create the tools to overcome your sabotaging behaviors, but most importantly, help you create the goals and live the life you've imagined. We help you create the empowering beliefs that, that can transform you. We help you overcome the limiting beliefs like things that keep us down, like money doesn't grow on trees. That's a limiting belief. It limits you. It keeps you believing that money is hard to get or life is hard. It feel, makes you feel discouraged and hopeless, accepting difficulties. I want you to think about what you can accomplish with having the right support system. What will you be able to stop procrastinating? What will happen if you have the right motivation? Is it perhaps the right coaching, the right group, the right community, the right songs, the right movies, books? Think of all the different things that you can leverage to help you stay motivated and, and go forward. You know, some of the key things that will motivate you are you. Some people are motivated by self-motivation. And some people may say that when you self-motivate, you're too much of an egotistical person. But really, I want you to have your own back. Believe in yourself. Other key motivators could be acquisition of knowledge. Finding the knowledge that you need to be successful. Perhaps. You start to write your affirmations. Maybe you meditate and you learn how to do that. Maybe you read, continue to read some great stuff on achieving goals, on changing habits, on overcoming um, our sabotaging thoughts and behaviors. Knowledge helps us become, be, become creative, grow. 
It's fun to learn and apply new things. You can be curious and experiment. The other thing that can really motivate you too is doing the actual work. Not just consuming knowledge, but practicing what you're learning. Another key motivator, and this one is big for me, when I measure my progress and I see how far I've come. Humans in general want to be motivated, but at times we really have to create the environment into into which we find the motivators. Um, Now, there are going to be things, my friends, that are going to demotivate you. And here are some things that I want you to keep in mind that will keep you demotivated. If you have disorganization and clutter, clutter and disorganization can be killer to motivation in business. The space that you work has to fit into the energy, whether it's by clutter email or a home or an office, it will create a cluttered mind and energy as you try to create. When you remove the clutter, you will be free and your subconscious will be relieved of tension. I also want to uh, think that the other thing that really demotivates us are some of our bad habits. And these can be behaviors that, well, indulging in things that suck up our time and energy, such as over-drinking, smoking, watching too much television, checking Facebook, uh, maybe playing Candy Crush on your phone, over-shopping, arguing, or being busy with nothing. When we stay in these behaviors that don't serve us, that help, that force us to avoid what is really happening, we are demotivating ourselves. Now, another thing that will demotivate you are, well, finding conflict, avoiding conflict. Sometimes we need to have difficult conversations. You know, at times when we are people pleasers, we don't want to tell someone that we're not working and or we're giving them boundaries. And then when we don't have these difficult conversations and we end up doing um, what we don't want to do or go against our goals, then we demotivate ourselves. Or perhaps you have a fear of letting go of the responsibilities that you have. There's going to be a lot of people's behaviors that will demotivate you, but stay and then your course, your dreams are worth having. Now, if there's failure of success, you know, Thomas Edison tried to create the light bulb over and over and over again. And people said, oh my God, you're such a failure. You keep trying and it's not working, dude. And yet he said, those were not failures. Those were just fail attempts at being successful. So it's a matter of how you're going to really approach this. There's some people that have famous failures. You know, keep in mind that nobody reached the level of success they have without having some failures that they learned from. So let's think of these people. Hey, did you know that? Colonel um, Harold Sanders, he late in his career, after he was fired from a dozen jobs, he traveled across the country trying to sell his chicken recipe to restaurants. And he went to over a thousand restaurants until he finally got a yes 
from one long-awaited success. Sanders grew his business to Kentucky Fried Chicken to be the worldwide business it is with over 18,000 locations. And all it took was one yes. You know, Dr. Seuss, he had his first book rejected by 27 different publishers. But he didn't stop submitting his work until he found the publisher he could see his vision. He has since sold over 600 million books. And his books are legendary. And he's known around the world. You know, Henry Ford had several failed automotive companies. People used to ridicule him for believing in his ideas that would not work. But he was willing to risk everything to change the world with his vision for automotives, for the masses, which, by the way, he has achieved. There's so many other people that we can talk about in this list. Remember, your parachute is always going to open. I want you to think about what are your biggest challenges or failures and how they turned into a blessing. What led to a failure, if anything has? And how did you learn from the experience? What specific challenges, big and small, did you have to overcome? And remember, big results come from small changes. As a tiny habit coach, I will tell you that mighty is tiny. When we achieve tiny habits, we achieve mighty success and celebrate our success. Set up a reward system. You know, play like you mean it. Unplug from the things that sap your energy. And don't forget to create a bucket list for yourself. Because by the way, your goals, as you continue to achieve them, it becomes contagious. You're going to want to keep going. You are going to want to keep achieving because you're seeing that you are in this journey of life, living into the fullest. So my friends, I am so grateful that you have been able to join us for this segment of the summit. I know that we talked a lot. And if you want a, a playback of this episode, of this summit, if there's anything in here that you want to hear again, I want you to find us, to email Pearl. Pearl is running an incredible, an incredible, incredible group called the Shiro League. And Pearl is creating an environment in which women can become the Shiro's of their own life. So if you like what you're seeing, if you like what you're hearing, and you want to be a part of an incredible community, I want you to join us. I want you to send an email to pearl at wsliving.com and say replay if you want a replay from today's summit. If you want any of the materials that we have created to go along for this, I want you to also say replay. I am so excited that you've joined us. 
I want you to follow us on social media. I want you to give us the opportunity to talk more about what we have talked about today. I am so grateful that you continue to be a part of this journey and that you continue to be a part of our community. Pearl at wsliving.com from Conversations with Pearl is where you're going to email if you want to learn more about the programs that we have to one, help you overcome the sabotaging behaviors. If you are looking to find a way to grow in your, in your confidence, to become more self-assured and achieve your goals, join us at the Shiro League. Pearl at wsliving.com is where you will email for your replays and to let us know, hey, I want more information. Okay, my friend, I think we've covered a lot of territory today, but I am so happy that you have been tuning in. And now I'm going to turn it back to Pearl. And until next time, remember, I am Julie DeLuca Collins, and you can find me on all of the socials as Julie DeLuca Collins. Also, my show, Confident You, airs here on the 360 Radio Network on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Or alternatively, listen to my podcast, Casa de Confidence, or visit my website at goconfidentlycoaching.com. And until next time, remember, we have only one life to live and we can make it as amazing as we choose only if we choose to go confidently in the direction of our dreams.